Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm also thankful for company. Amen. Amen. It's so nice to be able to come together. You know, one of the things that, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a moment where you've been scared, you've been afraid, you know, maybe it's of the dark or something, and it's always nice to have somebody else around. You know, I, I, I've, even, I, I've even found myself in times of being in, in maybe like utter darkness or something and, and it's kind of freaky or maybe you're out in the woods or something in the night and it's kind of freaky, you know, and, uh, you know, you have somebody else with you and maybe it's even like, like your kid or something like that, but you're just thankful somebody else is there, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, they can't do anything for you. You'll know you'd be the first person eaten, but there's some kind of comfort in knowing that there's somebody else there, amen? But God's given us a local church. He's given us a body of believers to come together and to, to know that somebody else is there. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so when, it, when we get to come back and, and get to see your, your faces, you know, it's always a blessing. It's always an encouragement. Uh, but it should be to each other. It should be an encouragement. This is the thing that we should look for. Amen. There's, there, uh, this is the thing, uh, the, <clears throat> probably the number one thing that is trying to be robbed or is, is is being attacked today is the local church of course it comes in so many forms but it's trying to you know there, there there's uh there's there's forces of evil that are trying to to stop it in all ways shapes and form but we we, we need to stand together against that of course it's not necessarily we're going to be outside with picket signs and stuff like that uh, i i have my my doubts as to exactly how how much good that actually does yeah. But we know that there's a spiritual thing, a spiritual place that we can take. And, and, and as we endeavor to, to, to seek God and to be, in, uh, be with him, be with his people, I believe that there is a strength, not just believe, I know that there's a strength when we come together. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, tonight's message is going it, it, it's, it's to start off interesting anyways. And uh, even if it's not interesting for you, you'd know no different, but it's interesting for me because of the, the uh, you, know, you know, just the way that it comes. I, I, I fully believed I was going to be preaching on something else today. Um, and, and I believe that I'm still going to be using or ministering on that message. Uh, but uh, t today, uh, as I was, uh, as I was uh, spending some time with the Lord, you know, I, I just, I, I just started uh, out of my spirit, just started coming, you know, uh, my will, my will or something like that was the will of God or something to that nature. And, but I knew that that's what it had to do with was his will. And so, uh, you know, I, I knew that I needed to go down that road and uh, you know, I know we've been in that a lot, kind of, but, uh, you know, there's just, there, there, there's, there's just more that God wants to get over to us, or maybe he wants to get uh, what he was trying to get over to us before, and we haven't got there, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's interesting when uh, uh, I've gone to uh, especially extended meetings, you know, where there's a, a minister has put on maybe four or five meetings in a row. Uh, you know, they'll, the, a lot of times they'll start with one scripture and then they'll preach on that and preach on it and preach on it and they don't get very far. And then the, through the course of a few days or, or even a week, they might get through several scriptures, uh, but one theme, amen. And, uh, so, you know, as a, as a pastor, I don't necessarily have that that. that that same opportunity because we don't have you uh, every uh, single day for five, four or five days in a row. I suppose we could try and, and see what that, but uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we're, we're just coming around the same thing, but the, you know, I have found that there's a good, there's a good aspect of that too. You know, uh, we could do church every single day if we were in revival, if the Holy Spirit was uh, inspiring us to do so and also energizing us to do so. You know, recently I talked about the old days and even family church, which weren't that long ago, but uh, we would have these meetings with Dr. Dufresne that would go a week and a half um, 
uh, in the summertime. So we would do these week and a half. Now they wouldn't go, like we would take, I think, Saturday nights or Saturdays off. But other than Saturdays, we would, you know, be there uh, morning and evening uh, for, for like a week and a half. And, you know, we think about that as like, wow, that was a crazy amount of, of meetings, but that's what we would have. And the, the Spirit would always move on us and do things, you know, do wonderful things in those meetings. Uh, but, you know, there, there is a truth to that. Like, even as I think about it now, to think about doing that now, I'm just like, ugh. You know, I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine having, you know, uh, you don't get a lot of other things done when you're in church every day, amen. But uh, I, do, I do believe that there's a time when God will move us back to those things and, and bring those, of course, again, it has to be in his will and not ours. So even if you're a little bit like, oh, I don't know about that, like, uh, yeah, we can't try to make it happen, so don't worry, we're not going to try. Uh, but uh, but there, there was a precious thing. There was a precious uh, things that happened in the churches in those times. Glory to God, including some incredible church growth. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the things as a pastor, my job is to be here with you, uh, you know, all the time. And, and so we're here, you know, we come back around uh, every week. We come back around to the same, the same place and do the same thing, you know. And you go out the rest of the week and you do the thing that you do. But we're coming back for a purpose. And, and, and God directs uh, weekly. He, he'll direct us in different things that we need. And, of course, in the different messages he will help us uh, you know draw things out that are needed in those times and I found that that even if I preached on the same scripture the same uh, revelation the same type of thing that there's no there's no lack of revelation in uh, in, uh, in in those times amen and so I'm always thankful to get a little bit more out amen praise the Lord it's always good to go get a little bit more out hallelujah and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that here again today, uh, tonight. Praise the Lord! But tonight's message is called "Caught Up in Your in Your Will." And there, and there could be a question in this. I mean, it is a question, but there, uh, there 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 could be a question in this as to who the "your" is that you're referring to. Now, have you ever walked? Uh, or you ever been reading scripture and you seen uh, maybe uh, 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 the you know a word like he or him or or something like that, or and you wondered exactly who they were talking about? Praise the Lord, or they even. I almost sound like I'm having a modern day conversation in uh, uh, in in social whatever, but uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about when you read the word, sometimes you're like, "Well, is that he capitalized or is that he lowercase?" Meaning, is it God or is it talking about a person? Uh, you know, uh, praise the Lord. And the same thing kind of goes with this. Caught up in your will, you know, is we, we could it could be a question that we're asking, uh, meaning, are we referring to God in that? <clears throat> Or is it referring to us? You know, the, that's the other question. Are we caught up in our will? And really, uh, you know, this is the thing that we're contending for today. And this is the thing that, uh, as a pastor, I find uh, that maybe the, the most difficult thing to contend for is the will of humanity. Amen. Now, God has given me an interesting job. He's given me an interesting job of contending. Hallelujah contending for the wills and the hearts of people. I'm contending against a lot of things. And I'm not contending uh, for, for myself, but I'm contending none, nonetheless. You know, it's something that the Lord has led us into. Uh, you, you know, the, the, uh, some of the instructions given to a pastor is to bear with people and to have long suffering. And of course, all these things we're supposed to have as Christians, but even more so as you're leading a group of Christians. Amen. Uh, but the reason is, is because God, uh, you know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah that God uh, will, uh, will give us pastors after his own heart. 
And so uh, a true pastor will have the heart of God, amen? And the heart of God is to contend for the hearts of the people, is to, you know, this is what God has always been doing. And so some of the time, some, sometimes it can be frustrating in the sense that you, you find yourself, you know, and maybe you don't know what I'm talking about in the sense you're like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know, I, I seem to be pretty connected or whatever. Well, there's more than just you, though, you know what I mean? There's, uh, at any given time, you know, we're dealing with uh, groups of people, really, literally. And sometimes the groups of people that we're dealing with aren't even just the people that sit in the churches, but they're the people on the outside as well. You know, the interesting thing about uh, being a pastor is uh, it, it, that I, I find is that it, it makes you kind of a marked person. It makes you, and you if, if you can believe this, now I know you all love your pastor, but it actually makes you kind of a hated person. Where, where people, once they find out you're a pastor, they, they, wanna, they don't want to have as much conversation with you. They start looking at you kind of cross-eyed a little bit, a little bit uh, leery of, of who you are. And, and that's not always a fun thing either. And why do I share that? Because, because all those people were contending for too. See, we don't just contend for the people that we're with, we contend for all people. And of course, if you're a Christian who's at all vocal about that, you will know exactly what I'm talking about uh, because you, you'll you find that people will, will, will uh, either stay away from you because of your faith or they will look to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. And it's all just in varying degrees. But, but we are contending for the will, and we're contending for your will. Even in a church of good people, there's this, there's this will that we, that we fight against. And, and the will is constantly being provoked by a lot of different things. And, and especially in, today, in today's society, one thing, I don't think our society is, is really, you know, I've said this a lot, I really don't think it's more evil than, than previous societies or pretty, previous times in history. It's just that there's things that are more vocal. There's more things that we, uh, uh, that we, uh, you know, we, when we have things like social media and stuff like that, 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 that instant, you know, there's instant uh, uh, output and, and, and it's, it's constant. Amen. And so while it's the same devils doing the same tricks, pulling the same things, uh, it's working in more people. So that's another thing because we have a, a greater, uh, greater population on the earth today. But uh, it's also uh, working faster and it's working. Uh, and, and so th those are all things that we have uh, that we as Christians are fighting with. Amen. Or, or, or contending against. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so we are, are we caught up? Let's ask ourselves this. Are we caught up in our will or are we caught up in his will? Amen. Well, uh, when, when talking about will, you know, I said when, when I was thinking about it, meditating on it, uh, to, there's, there's something that kind of came to me and that, that there's really a couple different ways that we can see God's will. There's, of course, God's individual will, but then there's also God's general will. <clears throat> Amen. God's individual will, meaning what, what his will is for your life, but then his, his, his general will for mankind. You know, the Bible tells us over, I think over there in 1 Peter that, uh, no, it's not 1 Peter. I can't remember exactly where it is, but it tells us that, uh, uh, you know, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's general will. Amen. That, that God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. That's God's general will. His general will is to be good. His general will is to have mercy. 
But then there's a will that comes to, to each individual. There's a will that, that he has for your life. There's a way that he sees your life going. There's a direction that he sees your life going in and, and, and uh, things that he sees that he's laid up. And so we talk about Jeremiah 20 and 11 and we get excited about that, that he has a plan for us. But we have to understand that in that plan, there's, there's so many things that he already sees for us, that he's already established for us. There's things that he's already set aside and said, this will be theirs if they want it and this won't be theirs. Yeah. Amen? And I think this, this is so, so important for us to understand this because if we can understand that, then we won't spend uh, a lot of time in our lives chasing things that are going to be unfruitful, things that we're never going to get to. But the interesting thing about God's will is that his general will and his individual will are mingled together. They flow together. His will uh, for humanity isn't, isn't just a the separate thing and, and his will for your life isn't a separate thing and our, our wills are tied together and interwoven as the church it's interwoven as the people of God our will uh, our, the God's will for our individual lives are interwoven together as a local assembly amen praise the Lord uh, which brings us to uh, a, a scripture that you that you're you're you probably not going to really know very well but why don't you go ahead and turn there with me go to Romans 12 2 Praise the Lord. Now I know I was like, this is like the scripture for the year, right? I just, I said this earlier in the year. Was it this year that I said that this was going to be, uh, I, I just sensed that this was going to be uh, a year of transformation. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said this is a year of transformation and I said that this, this scripture, and you know, as much as I did not plan on using this scripture and every time I see it come up again in my spirit, I'm like, are you serious? Like, you know, is, are we here again? But, but we are, but we're going to tie it together with another scripture. Uh, glory to God. And I don't know. I don't think this updated. Praise the Lord. But that's okay because I can work with this. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we have the I have the the Holy Spirit who's interested in getting everything over to you. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what, that, uh, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Now, of course, we've looked at this scripture upside down, backwards, forwards. We've looked at, uh, we, we've looked at it at every conceivable angle, right? Uh, but we, we're still here, you know, and this, in, in the, the, the focus is really on two main things in here, and we really got to get this. Uh, number one, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to understand that this is one of the number one things that the world is contending for against us. This is one of the number one things that the world is contending for against us. Uh, everything in today's society, all this stuff that's annoying to you, all this stuff that as a Christian you're like, this is evil, this is wrong. Believe it or not, all of this stuff is contending for your mind. It's contending for your thoughts. It's contending for the way that you think. It's trying to get a certain way of thinking in you. You know, one of the things that I've learned so, 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 uh, it's so interesting. But just being around certain people, just being caught up in certain things, will get you, will contend for your mind and get you to think just a little bit differently. You know, I got asked a question this weekend uh, about, you know, uh, outside influence and at what point should we cut outside influence, uh, you know, free and let it go when it's a person that's coming against us. And it's interesting because 
you know, as soon as that uh, is, is uh, that, that question was asked of me, uh, it, 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 it's very clear to me when it is. When it's trying to rob you of the things which you know are true. Now, it's, it's one thing if somebody doesn't have any influence, you know, somebody, you know, just walking and passing, they don't have much influence on you. But you, we have to, one of the things that we need to watch for in life is we need to watch for those needling thoughts, those needling things. You know what I mean? Those, those, those pins that are pricking us. And they're just, maybe just a little bit of a prick every day. It's not much of one, but it's enough to, it's, a, it's enough to do something. Because when we, uh, uh, when, you know, I, I've, uh, we, I have a cactus. I have a couple of cactuses, actually. And uh, w w when the lady that gave me the cactuses, uh, LV in, in California, uh, miss her, praise the Lord. But when uh, she gave me the cactuses, she told me to use tongs and don't touch them, right? Now, these cactuses don't have big thorns on them. They, they, not at all. They just have these little spots all over them. And one day I, I, I was going to, to plant it when I brought it home and I was like, ah, oh, there's nothing here. It's really going to hurt me that much. And I just kind of petted a little bit and didn't think much of it. But there was these little tiny, these little tiny things in there that uh, even though they didn't look like much, once they got into my skin, they were a lot indeed. And, you know, as I, at first it was just a little bit of an annoyance, you know, it was just like I felt a little bit. But then after some time went by, I'm starting to get to the place where I'm like, I got to get these things out of there. But these, these little hairs that were on this cactus were so small that I couldn't even see them. They were there because I could feel them, but I couldn't even see them. And see, this is the way that the enemy comes at us. You know, eventually what I did is I went and grabbed some tape and turned it around backwards and just started dabbing my hands with the tape and eventually it helped pull that out. I still never saw them. But this is exactly what the enemy does. He comes at us through influence. He comes at us through the news. He comes at us through your neighbors or your friends or whatever. He'll come at us for various ways. And he starts needling and needling and needling and needling. And at first it might not seem like much. But sooner or later, if you don't deal with this, sooner or later, you start getting, there starts to become an irritation. There'll be an irritation in your spirit. There'll start to be confusion that comes to you. There'll start to be things where, 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 you, where you're not quite sure what to do. And, and, and what can happen is, and this is why we tell, especially baby Christians, you know, we, I, I don't put uh, younger Christians, I don't put them on all the same stuff I study. You know Why? Because, because somebody who's, uh, a lot of times, somebody who's a baby Christian, they, they'll eat whatever is in front of them. They don't really know what's, uh, what, what's good and what's not. And, uh, you, you know, now, now people can study a lot and they can come to a place of, of knowledge. But, you know, even with uh, Reverend Josh and I have these conversations a lot, uh, or I should say a lot, we don't have them a lot, but we have them once in a while when we talk about there's some, some stuff that we share uh, back and forth, kind of similar, uh, similar teachings and stuff like that. And, 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 and we'll share those things. And one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I've always said to him, and of course I, I believe he knows anyways, is that, you know, you have to, even with these, you know, even with these, these really knowledgeable people, you have to learn to chew the straw and spit the stick that sometimes they'll say things and it's like, okay, I can get where they're going. They'll, they'll talk and they'll be sharing all this wonderful stuff and you're like, yes, right on, man, this is awesome. But sooner or later they come to something and you're like, wait a minute, that's a little bit, I don't know how grounded that is. And sure enough, it'll prove out that it's not grounded if you look at it. But see, the problem is, is, is that people will listen to a lot of things and they get these things into them and then they can get confused. 
And so when you have something that's confusing, when you have something that, that, that's trying to, I'm not talking about like, there's, there's nothing wrong. You know, God, uh, this is one thing. And this is why I told this person that asked me the question and I'll share it with you tonight because it bears repeating. I think this would be helpful. Um, if something's causing confusion, it's not God. God is not the author of confusion, but of order. God is not the, uh, the, the, the author of questions. He's the author of answers. Now, I know I've spoken to, I've said to you many times that when the Lord's dealing with me on something, he'll speak to me in the form of questions. But you know what he always does? He immediately answers it. So he'll question, but then answer. And so the, 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 the question uh, isn't far detached from the answer. But if something's getting you confused and something's getting you upset and something's getting you now, I'm talking about somebody who's a Christian, a born-again Christian who's studying the word. Of course, there's going to be people in the world that you're going to start talking to about your faith and it's going to start confusing them because they don't understand uh, that they thought their way was right. And when they start realizing, they're going to start questioning things. And certainly that's not wrong. I'm talking about the Christians here. Amen. But the enemy is coming for you, just like that cactus. He's looking to put those little needles and those little barbs in you just to get you, you know, to get you attacked, just to get you, uh, 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 get you going, get you off a little bit. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And this is why it's so important to renew our mind. Renew our mind to what? The word of God, the word of truth and the truth. Amen. This is why it's important to come together because I, and I've noticed this that, you, you know, many of you have said it to me before. If you've had to miss a service for whatever reason, you're like, man, I've always, I really feel it. You know, I've really noticed when I have it. But one thing I've noticed is that when people have missed weeks, sometimes they start missing a couple weeks and it's like, oh, they start getting a little bit. You start seeing it. You start seeing the problems mounting. You start seeing them not being able to deal with things. And all of a sudden they, they, they miss a month and it's like, oh, they're not doing so good. And it doesn't take long for a person to go right down the, the road of depravity. Yeah, <clears throat> Hallelujah. In fact, we've had people leave our church under those, those things that they've started less and less and less. You start seeing them less and less. And I, I see it every single time when you start seeing somebody be less and less faithful before they were at every service and now they're not. You just start seeing them back off, back off, back off. What are they doing? They're starting to go down. They're starting to get needled by whatever it is that's needling them. They're not sticking to the word, the truth, and that's why they get, uh, they get hurt. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it says here that you, uh, the reason that you want to renew your mind is for a purpose. There's a purpose for it, and this purpose is important. Now, I didn't plan on spending this much time on the scripture. I thought I'd just mention it and then move on, but that's not what we're doing. Amen? Uh, so that you may prove what the will of God is. That's an interesting thing. Why would we have to prove what the will of God is? Well, that word prove is an interesting word, and it's used other places in Scripture. We're about to go to another Scripture where, 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 uh, uh, where, where it is found. But it literally means to test or to examine or to scrutinize. Amen. To scrutinize. To scrutinize in, 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 a, in a way to, to, to test and see if it's accurate. Amen. See, one of the things that the world does is it fills you with just thoughts. And the thoughts, it doesn't tell you really to scrutinize the thoughts. It doesn't teach you to, to balance the thoughts. It just gives you thoughts. Have you ever just had thoughts? You just have thoughts. And, and, and have you ever seen people with thoughts? Like, I, I remember when, I, I'll not talk about other people, talk about me, amen? Back when I was living in the world, back before I was born again, but I wasn't well taught. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't, I wasn't having God's word infused in me all the time. I wasn't renewing my mind. Yeah. 
And what happened was, is anytime a thought came to me that I deemed good, yeah. it was good. And anytime a thought came to me that I deemed bad, it was bad. And that's how I judged it, by whatever, whatever I thought about it in the moment. Now, what's interesting is even as I, I progressed, even as I went from teenage years to, to my young adult years in my 20s, you know, I still wasn't serving God yet. I still wasn't following the plan. But even in that time, those thoughts changed. And the things that I once thought were good, I started thinking, well, that's not good. That's bad. Right? And, and, and I changed my mind a little bit, but still the, 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 the scale I was using to judge these thoughts by were my own thinking or the worldly thinking. Have you ever had this? I, I was listening to an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting uh, not sermon, but kind of lecture uh, the other day. I was listening to a real interesting one. And this guy was talking about, uh, you, you, you know, the difference between scholarly, peer-reviewed uh, material, biblical material, the difference between that and something like what you see on YouTube or TV or whatever. And one of the interesting things that he said was this, and I thought this was really interesting, so I'm going to share it with you tonight. But he said, he said, you know, scholarly material, the, 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 the stuff like the, the, the meat stuff, the stuff that they build, that they translate the Bible on, that they, they go to, that these scholars study, the stuff they study, you know, that's not available to the public. <clears throat> not for free anyways. It's available, but you're going to pay for it. It's something that you either study, go to school to study, or that you, 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 you buy a subscription to a certain kind of, not just magazine, it's not like you go to you know, the, the, the store and pick up Vogue or something like that. It's like, it, it's their journals, peer journals that scientists use, those type of things. The same stuff that, they, that scientists use, but they're for religion, amen? Yeah. Glory to God. And, and, he was, and the reason he was bringing it up is he's like, because, you know, you see things like the History Channel will put out a thing about, like, Noah, for example. They had a whole show on Noah. And, and, and they give all this information about Noah. But the interesting thing is this. There's no, there's no truth to most of what they're saying. They just say that it's truth. And then people watch it. And, and I, I mean, literal truth, like, like they say, well, scholars will debate this. And yet scholars don't debate that. They know quite clearly. Do you know, like, a lot, there's a lot of things in our scripture, this book that we have, that isn't debatable stuff. The scholars just know. Even atheist scholars won't debate certain things because they know there's just truth to it. So they're not debating those things. And these are common things that the, world's are, the, that the world is debating. For example, either, even trained atheist scholars won't debate the, 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 the life of Jesus, that he existed. And yet the world will debate this question over and over again. We've heard people do it. Why? Because they'll watch something like the History Channel. Something will be call, called into question. But nobody ever scrutinizes what they do. Amen? But see, the Bible tells us to scrutinize. When it says that we need to prove what the will of God is, we need to scrutinize. We need to get in and figure out what the will of God is. It's not just enough to sit and watch the will of God and wait for it to come past you. It's not just enough to, for somebody else to see it in someone else's life. But we need to scrutinize it. We need to prove it. We need to test it. We need to dig in. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I just so happen to remember it. Uh, but go ahead and flip over to 1 Thessalonians. Praise the Lord. I went too far. 1 Thessalonians. 
Oh, let's see. I think it's in chapter 5. Yep, chapter 5 would be a good chapter to go to. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to go all the way down there. Now this is a real interesting section of Scripture. I highly suggest that you uh, uh, spend some time just reading these, these few passages here. But go to verse 21. It says here, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Examine everything carefully. That word examine here, can you guess what word it is? The same word, prove. It's the exact same word in the Greek. It's the same exact word. That's, that's the word it is. Why they chose to use it different ways, I, I don't know that, but that's the, the word that it is. Examine everything carefully. We need to think about having a renewed mind. Right. Now, one of the reasons, and one of the places I, 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 was, I was listening to another thing in recent times, it was talking about all this, you know, this gender stuff that's going on and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the differences in, in, in uh, uh, all the things that they're politically that they're pushing. And some of the things are really absurd. Um, you know, people would have problems with me saying that, but it doesn't take much of a rational mind to know that some of the things are just absolutely absurd that they're pushing. I mean, some things we could probably find some common ground on, but some things are just so wackadoodle that it's like, I don't even know what to do with that. You know, I don't even know how to answer it so crazy. But um, one of the things that this person, and this person was not on the same side that we typically are, but they are against the mixing of some of these things for a certain reason. I ain't going into all of that. But this is what he said. He said, the reason that they're doing this, pushing it so much, the reason you see this narrative pushed so much is for one reason, they're trying to normalize it. They're trying to get your mind used to it. Now, if you think about this, uh, uh, even rationally, just for a minute, you, you can understand what I'm about to say to you. Real, real, I mean, you probably figured it out yourself. But even with myself, I've noticed that there's certain things that 10 years ago, I would have been like, no, no way. There's no way to that, you know? But, but here, here's 10 years later, and I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm used to hearing it. What is that? That's called normalization. Yeah. And, and what that is, is trying to conform your mind. It's trying to transform your mind or to conform it into a certain thing so you think a certain way. I had the, you know, the blessing, the great blessing of being able to go overseas for the, that missions trip. And one of, one of the big things that that taught me was this, is that the way we see the gospel is different than the way the world sees the gospel because we're American. And that's an interesting thought. And, and even if I explain it without experiencing that, that might be a hard thing to understand. But the, the, there is a truth to it. There's a way that we see the gospel, that everything in us wants to draw us back to that. In fact, I've discovered over the years, I've discovered different places where I've had wrong thinking. We should all do that, you know. We should all get to a place where we, we discover, well, maybe I wasn't thinking exactly right there because that means you're just growing and you're maturing, amen? But even when I've known my wrong thinking, even when I've become aware of it, because it was so much a part of my life, it constantly calls to me. It's constantly there. And the Lord always has to remember, if I didn't stay renewed in my mind, 
I would go right back. That's what the, that's what the Bible means when, when, when it's talking about returning to vomit, going back to that thing which you embraced before. Going back to that thing that wasn't right before. You, you return to that thing because you haven't continued to renew your mind. When you don't renew your mind to truth, and it's not, listen, it's not just, it's not even, I'm going to take this a step further. And, and this could seem a little bit, I don't know if this will seem out there or not to you, but, but renewing your mind to the truth of the place where God has placed you to have your mind renewed. Do you know this, that you could travel to another church and hear a different message and get convinced of something totally different? Did you know that you could go to another family church and hear a different message and be confused? Why is that? Because you're not called to another one. You're called to this one, if indeed you're called here. That's why it is imperative to know where God has called you to be. Because God is going to feed each person. What, is God trying to confuse the body? No. But he, he does gear things towards uh, reaching the people he's going to reach. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that there's different things that we're going to deal with here than that people are going to deal with in Sweden or Norway or Finland. Or, or Spain, and the, oh, those are all different countries. The first three were, uh, were very similar, but they're still different. There's still differences between them. And if you ask them, they would say very different. You know, one of the things my wife and I, uh, or at least mostly me, but she, she uh, at least entertains it, but I love Asian food. I love all kinds of Asian food. But did you know that Japanese food is very different than Chinese food? And Chinese food is different, very different than Korean food. And Korean food is very different than Thai food. And very different from, from uh, you, you know, just go right down the list. But you want to know what else is interesting? They're all very different from American Chinese food. They're all very different from American Japanese food. And you see, there's different flavors where you go. Now, the same thing with Mexican food. We love Mexican food. And if you go to a Mexican restaurant, there's Tex-Mex, which is mostly what we get around here. Am I right in saying that? I know here's my Mexican expert up here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mexican food expert, we should say. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't vouch for her beyond that, but uh, uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. But Spanish cultures uh, have similarities in their foods, and they have a lot of differences in their food, and it's the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I was very surprised when we went to Puerto Rico to find out that Puerto Rican food is completely different than Mexican food. Yeah. It's very good. I liked it, enjoyed it a lot, but it's very different. And, you, you know, uh, that, and, that, and that's the case across the board. But the same thing is they're all authentic, just like the word is authentic. Right. But we need the feeding that we're getting. Amen. And that's why we need to be, uh, we, 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 we need to be uh, filled with this truth. You know, the truth does not change. God's truth doesn't change. But how we relate to it can be different. Amen. We have to understand that. So examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Now, that word, the, the, the word hold fast, actually it's the same word. I don't know if they used it twice or if they just repeated it there. But to hold fast is really meant to be one word, which means to, to literally to hold on tight as, as if you're not going to let it go. You know, uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Uh, it, it's kind of like when I propose to my wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, were, we were at Tammy's Burger Barn. <laughs> praise the Lord. 
Well, it became Tammy's Burger Barn at some point, but it was it was Olive's at the time. We were sitting there at the restaurant, and, and I decided I was going to propose to her, and I had this plan to do it. Uh, I was going to take her to the beach, but I wasn't feeling well, probably because I was nervous or something like that, and, and, and I, I decided I was going to propose to her there, and I think she got up to, to use the ladies' room, and, and when she got up, I said to the table next to us, I said, I'm going to propose to her, you know, and so they got they got excited and were watching too. But when, I, when she came back and sat down, and I decided I pulled out the ring, and and I opened the box and I ain't kidding you like she was like the flash her hand came across I didn't even get the words out of my mouth and her hands came across the table and grabbed that ring I said I guess that's a yes we remember it a little bit differently but since I'm the pastor <laughs> This is the true story. <laughs> Whoosh! And she held on to that thing, and she's held on to it ever since. <clears throat> but she's held fast to that. She grabbed onto it. She ain't going to let go. Amen? She, she, and and that's, that's exactly what we see here when we see this. We see my wife sitting at that table about to... See, this is why you got to... You leave me to preach all the messages, and this is what you get. I preach the way I want to preach, all right? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. Do you know whenever I find myself in a place of confusion, in a place of, you know, because the devil's needling me too. He always needles us. How do we stay? How do we stay on course? When we find ourselves in a place of confusion, the Lord, when I find myself there, God always, in fact, he did this to me today. He reminded me of this today. There was a lot of distractions that were trying to come at me. Just, they, they, were just, they were just thoughts of the devil, just different things that were trying to get at me, amen? And so you know what I did? I actually did something that I do sometimes to escape my thoughts, is I, I went out, I got on my, my lawnmower, and I put, I have these, these awesome earmuffs that block out all sound. So it's like I go into my own little world. And I still was seeking the Lord. I was praying and just seeking the Lord, but I was, I was just, I wasn't focused on the world at large. I wasn't focused on the trees I got to move or, or, or plant or cut or anything like that or the, the, the building that I'm trying to finish or, you know, whatever, whatever project I got on my mind. I'm not trying to, I wasn't doing any of that. Then I was just focused. Grass is simple. Cutting the grass is simple. You just keep going. And you move over a little bit each time, and there's not much thought to it, amen? And so I was doing that, and I was having this debate in my head on something, on a, on a specific thing. And, and you, you know, what was interesting is the Lord reminded me of the scripture. This is what I heard in my, in my, in my spirit. As I, as I was mowing, I hear, uh, uh, examine everything, or test, and the version that I, I, I always read it in was in the New King James Version, which says, test all things. But examine, I actually like this version better, examine everything, uh, hold fast to that which is good. And that's what I heard in my spirit. What have you tested? What have I tested? What, what are the things that we've tested and proven to be true? You know, there is a truth that sometimes we're not going to test all things. Sometimes we're going to have to receive the doctrine somebody gives us. There is a truth to that, and that's okay. 
that's okay, especially as we're learning that we're gonna, there's some things that we're not going to be able, we're not gonna fully understand just on our own and it's gonna take time for us to understand them. But this is the thing that I found. Even in the doctrine that I was raised in, or what I mean raised under, raised in the faith, the thing that brought me to be a pastor, they're not, there's not, I don't agree with absolutely everything that, uh, that, that I ever heard in our pulpits, in the, in the family church pulpits. Um, I, I don't agree with them all now. But, but the thing that I found is the things that are provable are, 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 the, are, are the, the, the main points of what we, what we peddle, so to speak, what we, what we preach, and the Word of God uses that word, not just me. Amen? Because we are so much peddling the Word. We're selling people on the Word. Did you know that? Yeah. It's not a bad thing, guys. We are selling people on the Word. My job, one of my jobs is to convince people of the truth. One of your jobs is to convince people of the truth. Now there will be a lot of things that will come to try to convince people opposite of the truth. And they will be very convincing. Sometimes they'll be downright, I mean you'll just be like, you'll look at something and be like, ah, oh, that just seems exact. I'm not getting very far, am I? Very fast. Praise the Lord, because I got a lot of scripture after this. But um, why, why is all of this matter for the will of God? Because the thing that we need to understand, I'm going to, get, I'm going to say this now, the thing that we have to understand is that God's will from our, for our lives will always be connected to something bigger. Yeah. It's always going to be connected to something greater. Now let me use my own life as an example. I'm called to pastor, but I'm not called to pastor everywhere. I'm, not call, I'm called to be a pastor wherever I go, but I'm not called to pastor all people. And that's why I have to be careful about pastor, trying to pastor people that are in my sheepfold. Why? Because I can confuse them. Did you know people have come to me with questions from other sheepfolds and I can't really answer them because all it will do is confuse them because they're sitting somewhere else. And all it will do is confuse them. And when I confuse them, what I become is, is the enemy. I've done the same thing that the devil has done. Think about that. And so we have to be careful sometimes with what we know and how we share it. Realizing that, you know, it's, it's, it, if you want to think about it, the Bible always equates, uh, equates the word to food. If you want to think about it like this, let's think about it like this. Yeah, we got a baby in here. We, we don't have a baby. We have little ones back there. We got a little, and they probably, they pretty much eat everything, right? There's nothing they don't eat. But when you know Zyron, when, when Zyron's, he, he, he doesn't eat everything the same way you do, does he, John? No. So if we gave, you know, the other night, uh, we took my mom out for a birthday, and we went to this, this, this steakhouse, and we had big steaks. My wife enjoyed uh, a big steak. A baked potato, I meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. Baked potato. But we, we, we had these steaks. And one thing you're not going to do is give a little baby a steak to chew on. You know, I love the story. I'm going to actually use Reverend Greer's story because I love it. He was talking about his, his aunt or something like that when she would, uh, would give a baby a steak. The way she would do it, she'd take her teeth out. And then she'd take that piece of steak and she'd gum it to death. She'd tenderize it. She'd chew on it for a while. And then she'd take it out and she'd put it in the baby's mouth. Now, this is old school Southern, so that's the way they did it back then. And it's disgusting, I know, but the babies loved it. Baby didn't care. And I mean, it just didn't matter to the baby, right? They, 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 they didn't care who it was. They just, they, they just loved it. And, and, and so, uh, but it's the same thing. You know, like you can't give a baby a big piece of meat because it'll choke on it. Right. 
And it's the same thing with other, like, you, I, I can't, if I go into somebody else's sheepfold and I start trying to serve up something else, you know, it's like, you know, uh, uh, I think in Mexico they can drink the water, right? But it's not advisable, I guess, or at least it wasn't when I was growing up to go, for us to go there and drink it because you'd get, I, I actually had a friend who did that once. He, he, he said he went, went to Mexico on a missions trip and he said he did really good all the way up until like the last couple days and he had, he, he, he mistakenly got a glass of, of pop with, and he forgot to tell him no ice. And he ate the ice, and the ice, of course, had the water, and he got sick from it, apparently. That's what he told me, and I believe him because he had no reason to lie to me about it. But uh, the, 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 point that, uh, the, the point that it is, is you can cause somebody to be, who's not used to something, uh, sickness, to be upset. And so you have to learn to be uh, 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 good with that. Or, or yeah, uh, uh, not the, no, the word, uh, what's that? wise and how you speak to people amen and so if somebody isn't coming to my church now if they come to my church and they want you know the teaching that we have that's a different thing they're seeking the food that we're serving and so we can we can give that amen but i'm not going because here's the thing if i don't know if you figured this out yet but you don't know everything <laughs> amen and so I don't know everything either and neither does any other pastor and so maybe i've studied something and learned something another pastor doesn't know or maybe I see it a little bit differently, amen, or just whatever. And so and there's lots of things that come into play. God is doing this without perfection in us, amen? And he's okay with that, so we got to be okay with that. So I, I say all that to get to this understanding, like, uh, again, my, my, of how we're all connected in God's will. See, we can be seeking God's will and never find it because we forget the place that we need to find it. God's will for our individual lives is always connected to the, his will for multiple lives. And so we can't find that until we understand what the will is to be somewhere else. See, this is why church hopping is a dangerous thing. We go to church, some people do that. Christians go church to church to church. They've never learned to settle in and find out what God's will for their life because their, God's will for, for their life is connected to wherever God has them connected. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. I, 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 my my daughter-in-law here is a great example of this. Do, you know, when, when she came into our church, you know, of course, it, they, they knew it was God's will for them to both come here uh, and not go to the church that she was raised in, which was also a good church. But there's differences, and there's differences that, that focus on different things. Now, there's certainly a lot of good things put into her. Uh, you know, all, the, all these wonderful things that we get to reap benefits of were put into her somewhere else. Uh, you know, there, she was trained up under that, and she had understanding of that. But there's different things that we take, and we're, we're adding to that and taking it further. And she's even talked about the differences and how, how, how she's blessed to see this other point of view. Amen? But that was in the context of God's will. Amen? And so God's will is always connecting us with something else. And he doesn't just move that. He doesn't just change that. Now, people might change that. And certainly God can adapt it. But you have to understand that if we keep just bouncing around, we get to a place where it gets whittled down so much that all God had for us won't be obtainable because it's, it's, being, it's being too diffused. Does that make sense? So if we, you know, if we're bouncing around and, and, and just not focusing on what, we're not focusing on what God has called us to do. Now we're going to get into this. I got into this this weekend. I can't remember if it, was, it must have been Sunday. Turn with me to Haggai. Was it Sunday? Yeah. 
that we went to Haggai. But we're going to go a little bit further than we did on Sunday because uh, God, uh, you know, revealed this to me. Actually, to be honest with you, the part that I looked up, um, I didn't know where it was. I just remembered it in my spirit. I, 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 it, the, the Holy Spirit had called to mind this thing that he had, that, you know, and I didn't realize it was part of the scriptures I had read on Sunday, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it'll help us. Amen. Uh, so Haggai 1, we'll start in verse 4. We did read into this, but we're going to go a little bit further with it. It is, uh, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? <clears throat> so, you, you know, of course, the, the, the context here is talking about the house of the Lord. The physical building was lying desolate. It was falling apart. And these people were building their paneled meant these houses were they, they were they were doing extra nice things to them. They were making them nice. They were paneling them with, you know, it was considered, uh, you know, paneling today might not be considered such a big thing. But, uh, you know, in the 60s, it was it was a real a popular thing and a real people would spend extra a lot of extra money on this paneling and stuff. But it's kind of the same thing. So the idea here is, or, or, or what was going on, and so there's a literal truth to that. But now I'm going to bring it into more than just a literal truth, but uh, 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 it's how, how it can, how, what's, what's the principle here? The principle here is that the focus for these people was not on what God was doing, because God is always doing something through the church. And the church is either the group of people or it's in the building or whatever, but God's always doing it through his church. He's always doing it through his people. And so what, what, what he's saying is, he says, is it time for you to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? In other words, these people were so focused on their own that they forgot about the, 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 the larger picture. And see, uh, a lot of times in our life, when we're seeking God, what's your will for my life? And I've seen this with people before. I've seen it in our churches, but I've seen it in people that are just out there seeking God's will. They want to know God's will. They truly do. They're like, God, what's your will for my life? But the thing that they miss is that God's will is always attached to other things. It's always attached to other people. And so if you're not, <clears throat> if you're not part of that, <clears throat> If you're not connected to where God's will has you, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you. The cheap bottles, the floppy bottles, what is that? I can't stand that. <clears throat> Environmental stuff, we can't make, oh, whatever. But anyway, it's always attached to other people. And so this is what they're not seeing here. He says, uh, you know, is. You're, you're, you're focusing on your own. And so that's the principle, although the other thing can apply too, but the principle that we're looking at is much deeper. <clears throat> now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Test all things. Examine all things. Amen? It's the same, it's the same idea. You have sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become, uh, become drunk. <clears throat> I want to talk about this part where it says you eat and there's not enough to be satisfied because this just came to me and I remember. Uh, 
I was, I was telling you, I think I was telling this church, the other church, some church, one church, this church, that church, it doesn't matter. I was telling a group of people that uh, there's a show that I like watching every once in a while. It's called, uh, it's called Alone. And what it is, is they take these people out into this crazy wilderness and they just, they leave them. They have a few things that they're allowed to bring with them and that's it. And then they have to survive. There's grizzly bears, mountain lions, wolverines and different things like that. Everything that'll eat you. And they go out there. They're not allowed to have a gun or anything like that because it's in Canada. And so they just out there with like, like, <clears throat> like bows and arrows and <clears throat> sticks and rocks and all that stuff. It's in Canada or in New York, one of the two places. I can't remember. That's just a joke, amen. But at any rate, <clears throat> so they're out there in the wilderness, and this guy, he, this, he, he, he like, I, I can't remember if he made a spear or what he did, but the dude took down a moose, yeah. right? He took down a moose. Now, one of the things, one of the big things that they got to do is they got to find their own food. And so they got to figure out how to survive out there, right? And so this guy takes down a moose, and he's like, he's like, bonus, this will feed me like forever, right? And, the, and this whole thing is about outlasting the other people. You have no, you're all by yourself. That's why it's called alone. And, uh, and you don't know how long or how well the other people are doing. You're just assuming if no one's come and got you yet, that A, they either forgot about you, or B, other people haven't given up yet. And so this guy's got a moose. It's a moose. He's got a moose, and he's excited about his moose, and he's, and, he's, and he's eating it. Now, every once in a while, somebody does boat in, the medics boat in just to check them to make sure they do medical checks real quick. They weigh them, they look at them, they check for anything wrong, and then they leave. And so that's the only thing that they do. And so uh, this guy, he's got all this meat, and he's, he's living out there in the wilderness, but he can't stop losing weight. And the reason is, is because it was so lean that he, was, he wasn't getting enough, uh, enough of the, the nutrients off of it that he needed. And he was literally starving to death, though his belly was full. This was, this, uh, now, <clears throat> this again could be not completely true. I don't know the science behind it. I'm not that good. Austin, we'll talk about it later. Uh, but I don't know all the science behind it. But for the sake of the illustration, let's at least pretend that it's true, right? So this guy was starving. He had to be taken off the show eventually because he, he, he was dying. He was starving to death, even though he was. And I've heard that about another hunter told me that about rabbits. That if you only lived on rabbits, you wouldn't live forever. You, you, would, you, know, you, have to, you need these other nutrients. Why do I bring all this up? The body of Christ is the same way. We can't live by ourselves. If God had just this plan for us and that's all that mattered, you know, we, we wouldn't exist by, or we couldn't exist by ourselves because we don't have the fullness of everything we need. We need what each other has. This is the body of Christ. This is why we come together. And so uh, th th that's what this is talking about. It's like it's talking about the focus being, of course, on the wrong thing. You're focused on yourself thinking that you're taking care of yourself. That's what they were doing. Oh, we're eating good. We're, 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 we're earning wages. It goes on to say, right here it says, uh, you put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns wages to put into a, a purse with holes. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So he says it again, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple that I may, uh, that, that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. Now this is, uh, my Lord, there's so many places, there's so much I could get into here. 
There's so many things. You know, we talk about Ephesians, Ephesians 1. If you get over there and study Ephesians 1, uh, around verse 18, and it, it talks about the, what, what his glory of the inheritance of the saints is. Now, a lot of people think that that's what people get. But if you study that out, that's not what it's talking about at all. There is actually this thing. It's a, it, it's, it's, there's many. I've got them written down. There's a bunch of scriptures that, that, that back it up that talk about God's inheritance in his people. We are God's inheritance, and there is a glory to his inheritance, and this is a reflection of that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm looking back and forth because I have both. Um, praise the Lord, that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. See, God is glorified in the saints who have the understanding that in coming together, we glorify God together. In other words, folks, you cannot glorify God on your own. It's an impossibility. You're only glorified when the body is joined together. You know, when the body, uh, uh, you know, when uh, if somebody wins one of those awards, the Emmys or the Oscars or whatever they are, and they go up there to do their speech, notice it's not just their head that goes up there. It's not just the head and the hand that goes up there. The whole body is glorified. Amen? Praise the Lord. When Elvis was, was alive and he was doing his thing, he'd take scarves off of his body that were soaked in his sweat and he'd throw them out in the crowd. And people loved it. Why? Because they, now they had a piece of Elvis. Right? It's gross, but it's the truth. But that's, what is that? That's an example of glorification. That's what it is. Those people, uh, they glorified that scarf. I actually knew a guy who had one. I don't know why a guy had one, but maybe, I don't know. But uh, he had one anyways, at any rate, and uh, I never got to see it, though. He thought he would have, if you really thought we were friends, or maybe he was just bragging, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But that's glorification. That's what it is. When we see uh, people, that's, that's what people, this is what the world is after. This is what people are after. This is why people want to be rich and famous. What difference, if you, if you listen to rich people talk and complain about their lives, one of the things they complain about is all the things that they were after when they weren't rich and famous. Yeah, they wanted the money, they wanted the fame, they wanted the fortunes, but now they hate that they don't get any privacy. It's like, too bad, sucker, that's what you got. That's what you wanted, that's what you got. You wanted to be falsely glorified, and there's a tendency in humanity to want to be falsely glorified. And it comes in the church, too. This is in people who separate themselves. I want my will. I want my way. I want the things that I want. I want God's plan for my life. Now I want to see how God's plan for my life fits into the greater picture. We, this, is a, this, is, this, is a, this is not just a, this is not just a problem in the body of Christ, let me tell you. This is an absolute pandemic in the body of Christ that people are seeking their own, not seeking his. They're off, they're, they're so consumed with their own. What do I want? What do I see for my future? What do I see God doing through me? Instead of what does God want us to accomplish? God will never be glorified in one human. He will be glorified in the body. And there's a reason that he set it up to be that way. There's a reason he didn't give you everything. Do you know that's why the devil fell? Full of pride, full of self-glorification. 
I will ascend my throne above the heavens. I will be, uh, I'll ascend my throne above God. He tried to take his position. Why do you think that the number one thing that the devil uses in humanity is pride? I, 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 build me, make me better, mine, my family, my name, my race, my this. It's, ever, it's right across the board. There is no shortage of I and my in the world, is there? And that's being conformed to the world, to follow those things. You, and you've seen it in the church. Certainly you've seen it in the church. Well, we can even be that way about being Christians. We're Christians. We're the Christians. We're God's, we're God's uh, chosen people. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We can, see, we can do it and we can run with whatever narrative instead of being what we're supposed to be. Be focused on the greater because even us being Christians, us being here, us being the church, you know what the church is about? Reaching the lost. It's about going into the world and winning the world. That's what the church is about. That's why, that's why any gifting, my ability, if, if I have any ability to, to minister to people, the only purpose in me ministering to people is for the people I'm ministering to. Do you know how long, it took me years to realize that even as a pastor. I would go to God in prayer and I would be so afraid when I'd come to a service, I'd be like, Lord, help me minister. Help me minister because I didn't want to come out here. I didn't want to be ashamed. I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want people thinking, oh, there's that high school dropout again. Uh, can't even put two words together. There he is, embarrassing himself again. And that was, that was legit something I dealt with because I, I was always, always self-concerned about the, the, you know, I was always self-conscious about those things because I wasn't somebody who spoke. I wasn't somebody who was just naturally talented or naturally gifted. And so I didn't want to stand in front of people. I, I was afraid of it. And so I'd say, Lord, help me. And, and one day he finally, he spoke to me about it. Why are you ministering? Is it for you or is it for them? And then I realized it isn't about me. You see, and that's just a little thing. It wasn't that I was, you know, the first part of pastoring up until that point. It was all about me. But, you know, he's correcting thinking. You understand? God will nudge us as we go. And he'll say, see, this, you could do this better. And he's like, stop making it about you. See, if, and this is, what, this is what blessed me. As I realized, even if I was an idiot, he could still use me because he wants to bless you. It's the truth. Now, I've been trying not, real hard not to be an idiot. But there's times. There's times. Remember, kids, only a pastor can say this. This is only, if you have the pulpit, you can use the word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That may be pleased and glorified in it, says the Lord. You look for much, but behold, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I, I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts? Because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew and the earth has withheld its produce. Because of you. So, let's, let's look at this. I want to focus on this last verse here and not get anywhere into the message where I wanted to get. But we did get somewhere. Um, because of my house which lies desolate while each of you runs to his own, own house. What is that scripture? Ah, uh, I gotta look it up. Whoops. 
it's always fun to do it in front of people. Oh, what's that? Okay, I, I, that's why it didn't update, because I had to change my settings today. Can I see your phone? Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. What do you got going on here? You got all kinds of stuff happening. I don't know how to use your phone. She sets her phone up different, uh, differently than mine. This is important. It, it really is. And this is one of my weaknesses. I just, I, I don't have this, uh, uh, I don't, I, I, what? It is, I'm just telling you what it is. I think I got it here. Hebrews 3.6. But don't lose your... I had technical difficulties earlier and I had to reset my iPad and when I did that all the settings including the Wi-Fi and I'm just telling you that because I'm turning and while we eat up time amen yes okay so I'm gonna read that scripture again Haggai 1 9 you look for much, but behold, it becomes to little. When, when you bring it home, I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts? Because of my house, which lies desolate, while each, each, one, each of you runs to his own house. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, God's house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. So there's a scripture that points, points to exactly what I'm saying. I wasn't, I wasn't planning on that at all. We are God's house. Together. Together. We are God's house. Now, there is, this, this, this breaks down into all different kinds of levels. Because, you know, there's the, there's the body of Christ at large. We are God's house. The body of Christ at large. And then, there is the... Uh, there's the, 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 the evangelicals, right? We'd be grouped in that, and we're, we're the body of Christ, and we're the house of God. Amen? And then there's the, 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 the uh, charismatics or the Pentecostals. We're, we're, we're in that vein, and, and, and so, so you, you see us there. Then we're in, in that smaller subgroup, right? And then there's the family churches. And then, then we're in that subgroup. Praise the Lord. And we're still, it's still God's house. And then, and then there's family church, Mayville and Corey. And then there's family church, Mayville. And you see it just down, down the line. But individually, we are, and then us individually, we are God's house. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us. But we are also part of one another. So together we make up and glorify God in his temple. But without that, you, and you see, what, what's happening is here, when, when, when we're not mindful, and these people, it's the same, the same God of them is the same God today. He's doing the same things. Uh, he, he feels the same way about his house. Now, of course, again, it does apply to the natural house. But it also applies to the spiritual house, who we are. And so... God's will, again, uh, though it's individual, it's not independent. 
God's will, though it can be individual, it's not independent. And so that's why it's so imperative to know, and I've been stressing this with our people, know where you're called to be. The number one attack that will come at you is to rob you of this connection. It will. I'm just telling you the truth. You know, it's funny. I've had people that are like, they're, they're absolutely sure one day that this is where they're called to be, that I'm their pastor. And then the next day, they're not sure. You know what that is? It's those needling, that needling of the enemy. That's what it is. And sometimes it can be very convincing. But see, we got to hold fast to the end. We have to hold on to it. Hold fast that which is good. What's good is what the word has taught us. Praise the Lord. God is not going to, so even if you're like, you could say, well, I, I just don't think I'm called to a family. That's, that's fine. Don't be there, but you got to find out where it, where it is you're called to. Because until you submit yourself in that place, your will, God's will for your life will never be evident. You'll never know what he wants you to do. You may have inklings, you may have ideas, but you will bounce around for eternity trying to figure it out. It cannot be discovered separate from where God has you connected. It cannot, cannot be discovered separate from where God has you connected. Now let me end with this. I'm just going to, I know I've gone way over the time, but let me end with this, this understanding. It, it has become clear to me over the years that God will, to get to us, he will allow a lot of error on our part. Could I have been raised in a Baptist church and, and been raised for the plan of God for my life and, and been connected to that? Absolutely could have. Could I have been raised in a, any other church, in another city, in another, uh, you know, another state, another country even, and been in God's plan? Absolutely, I could have. But the more that we grow in that, the margin for error starts narrowing. You understand? You can't just you can't just break away from that because the, the the bigger breaks that you make, you know. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why the further we go, the more imperative it is that we understand where we're called to, because what God will. And I've seen the same. I've seen the problem. People who don't leave right always regress. People who don't leave right always regress. They always do. They always go backwards. They always go to a worse place. They, they, you, you look at them, they're not living, the, you know, there's not the same joy, there's not the same faith, there's not the same things that are in them. Why is that? It's because they started coming up to the light and they backed away from it and said, I don't want it. Yeah. See, because the light that I'm preaching, for example, for, I'm using this pulpit because I endeavored to do so, be before the Lord. The light that I'm preaching is not my light. This is God's truth. You don't have choice to believe God's truth. It's either true or it's not. And so that doesn't mean every single thing I ever am going to say is going to be wrong or going to be absolutely accurate. It's not going to be. But this is the thing you have to understand. If I am completely inaccurate, God will remove me. He will see to it that it closes up, that it dies, that whatever. People won't, you know, it just, it just won't. <laughs> Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I, I, there's, there's just so much I could keep going with this. And there's, you know, where I came at this without realizing, like, I couldn't put two words together. And it's now I just see, like, clearly what God's doing. And see, that's the other part of it, guys. 
God's will and his plan for our lives, <clears throat> the things are revealed as we walk out that which is good, his plan. As we're stepping into it, walking it out, then we know more about it. You'll never discover it. And so if you truly want God's plan, I encourage you, know where God's called you to be and connect to what God is call, calling that, that group, that, that body to do. Amen? Because it's imperative. We can't, we can't go, <clears throat> again, uh, God's will currently for me is to be a pastor. <clears throat> that is 100% tied to each one of you. But, I wrote this down earlier, it is not determined by what you do. So if you leave, it's not going to change whether or not I'm called to be a pastor. If you leave wrong, that's not going to call. But the fact that I'm here is 100% tied to you and tied to those who sit in the seats. So my, God's plan for my life is 100% tied to everybody else. If, 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 if people started not, not coming or not partaking of that, then God would have to move something else. If it would say it just completely happened and it wasn't my fault, he'd have to move me somewhere else. That's, that's all there would be to it. And so that's the way it is for your life as well. Our, our, our lives are not, uh, are, are not disconnected, but they are very connected. And the, and the more that we realize that and flow in that, the more effective as a church will be. Amen? Yeah.